recorded live at 4 Triple Z Studios Brisbane on 102.1 FM and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. You're listening to Zed Games. With 10 years experience and over 500 episodes, Zed Games brings you the best in gaming news, reviews, community and culture. Want to reach out? Message us on Facebook at ZEDGamesAU. Welcome to Dead Games. No. Yes, I'm your host, Paul. <laughs> Doing tonight, I'm my good friend, Hazel. And Toby. Well, Paul. I, yeah, like, normally you say hello. Oh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> and Toby. And Toby. Well, we're nailing it today. It's going in real good. It's a spooky night. Oh, Ooh. Ooh. oh spooky oh. werewolves. Um, yes, uh, I'm almost out of spooky sound effects, but that's okay. Um, it is, um, it is All Hallows Eve's Eve's Eve. Do we need another one? Do we need another one? I don't know. I can't count. Um, and therefore, it is a spooky episode. So, uh, we have some, uh, spooky gaming news at the top here, and then we'll be following it up with a spooky review of, uh, Metroid Dread. And then, I do appreciate the sound effects, thank you Thank you. Much. <laughs> um... And then we'll be having a spooky discussion about the world of haunted PS One. Ooh! I've got, my, I've got my one more sound effect here. Oh, it's just some donkeys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, all Hallows Eve. That's us. Whoa! Ooh. Anything can happen, and one of those things that can and will and is about to happen is some news. Uh, this week brought to us by our friend Easy. Let's kick it. This week in gaming news, video games more popular than free-to-air TV. A study conducted by Bond University's Regular Digital Australia report has revealed that 17 million Aussies play video games in some form. 5.5 million households own two or more dedicated game-playing devices, while 92% of Aussie homes own at least one gaming device. This report has shown some pretty interesting information about the habits of Australians during the the pandemic, mostly relating to gaming as a form of social connection, with 76% of parents who were part of the study having played some form of video games with their children throughout the pandemic. The average age of a video game player is now 35 and has steadily risen since the generation of Game Boy, Nintendo, Super Nintendo and PlayStation 1. And most interestingly is that while streaming TV and film is the number one spot for pastimes for Australians, games is now in second place before free-to-air television. If you'd like to check out all the stats, head over to the Zed Games Facebook page at ZEDGamesAU for the link. BlizzCon on pause. The gaming giant Activision Blizzard has announced that they are currently putting their plans on hold for an online BlizzCon event in 2022. A spokesperson from Blizzard said, Any BlizzCon event takes every single one of us to make happen. An entire company effort, fueled by our desire to share what we create with the community we care so much about. At this time, we feel the energy it would take to put on a show like this is best directed towards supporting our teams and progressing development of our games and experiences. 
BlizzCon 2020 and 2021 were both cancelled due to the COVID-19 pandemic, and with next year's BlizzCon on pause, it is speculated that the recent situation Blizzard has had with the widespread discrimination and sexual harassment lawsuit may be cause for delay relating to whether BlizzCon 2022 is going ahead. Blizzard has also suggested that if the event were to return, it would be a very different event from the ones we're used to seeing. Trick or Treat, Zed Games Horror Game Suggestions for Halloween. Dead by Daylight. Available on all platforms, Dead by Daylight is a four-person survival game with the goal of escaping a killer before daylight breaks. Four players take on the role of a survivor while one player hunts in a big 1v4 multiplayer survival mode. This is a great game to play with friends and enjoy a heart-pumping adrenaline-fueled action evening. Phasmophobia, available on PC and VR, Phasmophobia is an investigative co-op horror game where you must work with your friends to identify the types of paranormal activity inside different locations. Tasked with four objectives, you must complete, but do it quickly, because the longer you stay in the haunted house, the more your sanity drops and the ghosts start to hunt you. Little Nightmares 2, available on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Little Nightmares 2 is a puzzle platformer, which is a little less terror and more spooky. You explore and solve puzzles in order to progress through the narrative as this little boy, guided by a girl in an ominous yellow raincoat. Resident Evil 4 VR, available exclusively on the Oculus Quest, and relive the arguably most terrifying Resident Evil game of all of them in VR. Almost certainly an experience filled with jump scares, screams, and pure terror. And finally, a classic available on PC, Xbox, Switch, and PlayStation is Dead Space. Looking for some regular old your pants kind of action this Halloween? Play the classic space horror game, a single-player campaign where you are in an interstellar mining ship, exploring and unfolding the creepy story whilst fending off jump scares and terror from unknown extraterrestrial forces. The Week in Gaming Releases On October 28th, Age of Empires 4, Fatal Frame Maiden of Blackwater, Plan B from Outer Space, A Bravarian Odyssey, Riders Republic, Sunshine Manor, and Voice of Cards, The Isle of Dragon Roars. On October 29th, Mario Party Superstars, Zombo Buster Rising. On November 2nd, Giants Uprising, and World War Z. On November 3rd, Bloodshore and Time Loader. That's all this week in gaming news. Thank you for that, Ease. Some news there. Uh, mm-hmm. Surprising no one uh, is that <laughs> gaming is now more popular than free-to-air television. Yeah. Um, I do watch a couple of shows on free-to-air television. Oh. But I oh. watch them on streaming I mean, television no. later. Yeah. <laughs> At yep. my own convenience, thank you very much. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, your format just doesn't fit with the modern life. I think, I think I'm not I... even sure if my house has an antenna. Mm. Well, I know mine does because possums regularly jump on it <laughs> and uh, they break it. So I have to fix it several times a year. Oh. Uh, so it has only the best zip ties that hold my antenna together. <laughs> I, th- I haven't had a TV in years. So my entire experience of free to air TV is streaming it. Yeah. <laughs> online so yeah no even yeah no 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 no, no surprise 
Another that uh, talking about just some uh, general spooky games there, mm-hmm. uh, Toby. I know you're a huge fan of uh, spooky video games. No, I'm not. So <laughs> uh, I enjoy watching other people play them, but not not. But yeah. Hmm? How uh, so? So how well can you watch someone play a spooky game? Uh, as long as the sounds off, I'm fine. Okay. Can you do? Do you watch spooky movies? As long as the sounds off, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes, that is a way. Psychological thrillers, absolutely fine yeah. with. Jump scares and people running around killing each other, not my cup of tea. What about when they go to space? Are we talking we're gravity? Talk- no, we're talking more like Jason X. No. Sharknado three. <laughs> no. Did Sharknado three go to space? I think that was the space one. Oh. There's so many of them. <laughs> That's good. And Leprechaun oh, yeah. went to space at some point. Mm-hmm. I think it was before they went to the hood. So it was easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. A whole genre. It's a wonderful genre. I'm sure it is. Hazel, are you, are you better with, with horror games? Only a little. Only a little? Only a well, little. Well, we were talking some Silent Hill before the show. Is there anything that is, like, iconic in your um, pantheon of horror games? Oh. I I actually uh, used to watch a lot of Let's Plays of, like, classic horror games. Mm-hmm. What's and classic contained to you? Because I'm an old like old man. PS1 type stuff. Ah, yeah. But also some of the the goofier stuff that's, like, from the same people uh-huh. that came later. Like, uh, have you heard of Nightcry? I have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some good times. I, uh, legendary. I loved... Um, Oh, um, I can't remember now. The the big controversial uh, night is it night trap? I'm, the the contra- the the controversial killing the the girls at the sleepover game, which isn't at all. Oh, um, and they yeah. did the remaster of it. I think I bought it for like a dollar on Switch, and I've still never played it. And it's probably the right choice because mm-hmm. <laughs> that game isn't violent. It's just terrible. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure Games Grumps did a, dro- a, a run-through on that one. Because yeah. it rings a very loud bell. I, I think the same company is doing uh, a re-release of Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. And that one is a game that no one should ever pay money for or ever play. It's basically just a PowerPoint. <laughs> it's a very bad one. <laughs> um, but enough of... And you've heard it here first. Yeah, enough of spooky plumbers wearing ties. You are listening to Zed Games. And now we are going to jump into a review of Metroid Dread. Metroid Dread by Mercury Steam is technically Metroid 5, and apparently the thrilling conclusion to the Metroid saga that began way back in 1986 with Metroid on the NES. As a big fan of the series, I would be lying if I said I paid enough attention to the story to realise there was a tale to conclude. That aside, side-scrolling Samus is back, and possibly better than ever. Landing on planet ZDR, Samus goes forth to investigate the disappearance of seven Emmy robots that were... Sorry, I don't know what that was. Anyway, the robots were originally sent to investigate possible ex-parasite activity. After an attack from a powerful enemy, Samus is left once again in a hostile environment, having lost all of her abilities. What unfolds is an expertly crafted classic Metroid adventure with lots to explore and fight difficult creative bosses, and while the game will certainly direct you on a more linear path than you may realise, there are options to sequence break all over the place. 
The big gimmick here are the Emmy robots, powerful enemies who cannot be attacked with standard weapons. Once you enter their zones, it becomes a tense game of cat and mouse, and capture almost guarantees death. A small window is given for a last second escape, but odds are against you. The tenseness of these sections, coupled with the satisfaction of when you finally destroy each Emmy, is a great way to break up the pacing. Stop him! Stop his review! I summon you, more demonic game reviewer! We can't beat! Metroid is a Metroid game! They're very good, but not very scary! So sit there, shut up, and stop bleeding! Mm. Anyway, mm. let's get this review train directed in a spooky upper. Inscription by Daniel Mullins Games is a horror like roguelike, card battler, adventure game, escape room, puzzler, fan- redacted, uh, redacted, okay. redacted, and of course a little redacted. Measure. Wait, Dark Lord, and they're not even allowed to describe the game. Only a little bit, no spoilers. But the whole game is surprises and spoilers. No spoilers. Okay, well, how about I just give the idea of Mullins earlier games so people get the idea. Pony Island is a simple pony-themed single-button auto-runner, which quickly... Stop talking! Okay, okay, how about The Hex? It's a murder mystery with six characters where each one is a different game genre. So you can see Daniel doesn't make straightforward games. He likes to play with the genres and interesting ways to subvert your expectations at every turn. I will now discuss in more detail the content you may experience in the demo of the game. Which you should play. Yes, you should play, Dark Lord. So, your character awakes in a cabin. A mysterious figure has you captive and wants to play cards. You're dealt a number of creature cards. And the trick here is that to play cards, it costs blood. Squirrels are free to play, so you can put one of those on the board and then sacrifice it to play a more powerful card. Perhaps the stoat. The stoat is a simple yet mouthy card. The thing won't stop talking to you. Might be worth sacrificing the stoat just for some peace and quiet, am I right? Between rounds, you'll find yourself with the ability to stand up from the table and explore the cabin, full of mysterious clues and contraptions to solve. Find any advantage you can and return to the game. If you lose, that's the end for you. Your captor will kill you, but not before turning your character into a new card for the collection. You'll leave quite a number of corpses in your wake before you find the skills and items to defeat your captor, but then... Spoilers! Yes, spoilers. (sighs) What I can say is that this is by far Mullen's most polished and ambitious game to date. Perhaps the biggest criticism to his earlier work was that the underlying gameplay often took a backseat to the wild concepts at play. What he's done this time is make a pretty fantastic card game at the core, with lots of strategies and secrets to discover along the way. The base game is deep, but the scope is enormous. The tone is dire and creepy, but with a sense of playfulness. The dirty graphical style is foreboding, and the theming is just... just totally messed up sometimes, in a great way. It's honestly very difficult to give expectations for a game like Inscription, because it's amazing, 
but it's a journey that every player needs to discover on their own, or I'd be taking something from you. The game is polished to a high degree, is creepy as hell, with so much to explore and discover. It also offers more replayability than any other game Melons has made. And I'd like to note that if you're not a huge fan of roguelikes, the game will generally push you forward to the story and give you opportunity to move it along. You're unlikely to become stuck from progression. I guess that's it. You can grab Inscription on PC for like 29 bucks. We're done now. Yes, goodbye. Begone, demon. Yes, I, I'm leaving anyway. I command you to the depths of hell. Yes, that's, that's where I live. Goodbye now. Bye. I have vanquished thee. So, um, I guess we're basically out of time. Uh, Metroid Dread is an excellent entry in the series that gives you everything you'd want from a classic side-scrolling Metroid. You'll quickly become a god generally exploring as your arsenal expands and the parry mechanic lets you kill most enemies with a single hit, but the tricky bosses and Emmy encounters will keep you challenged throughout. It looks great, runs super smoothly, and Samus controls perhaps the best she ever has. For a conclusion, it certainly packs a few surprises also. Metroid Dread is available on the Nintendo Switch, for around eighty dollars. Goodbye. I don't remember any of that. Tell us, Paul. Is the Dark Lord here in the studio with us now? <sighs> well, I mean, what can I say? <laughs> a little bit of pitch shifting can do a lot. Oh. Look, I'm currently recovering from surgery. I'm bored. That um, was... I, golf clap. Thanks. <laughs> um, and Metroid Dread is very good, but mm-hmm. it also seems such a known quantity. And Inscription is such a new good thing. <laughs> so if you... <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah. look, if, if, you want, if, if you're someone that wants a standard known experience that's very good and very polished, Metroid. If you okay. want something that... You don't even know what it is when you're buying it. Inscription. <laughs> yeah, I've watched a little bit of a playthrough of the... And I touched the demo a bit. And No. Yeah, no, I've done both. Yeah. And I've enjoyed what I've done so far without saying anything strange and unusual that might be considered spoiler territory. Yeah, yeah. I think pro- probably the most telling thing is that um, speaking to some people that have been playing the beta for a long mm-hmm. time, and the actual game, and this is Inscription we're talking about here, and by the way, in Inscription... The crypt is like crypt. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the actual game to play through? Probably, I mean, it's very varied because it depends on your ability to solve secrets. Uh, about sort of twelve hours, mm-hmm. but people have put in eighty hours plus into just playing the base card game mm-hmm. because the actual game it's built around yep. uh, is an extremely solid and interesting game itself. Yeah, so that's like very high praise. It's cool. Yeah, no, I've enjoyed every second that I've kind of touched it so far and yes it does touch that creepy nerve in me that just enjoys that kind of strange and unusual mm. and the fact that several of the cards have personalities that talk to you I which is that. is it's a lovely there's so much character and personality to the whole thing mm-hmm. um and yeah I, it's one of those things that you know maybe a year or so maybe not on this format something else but doing a full-on like let's talk about all of the game <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, uh, 16 hours later. Yeah, but I guess the problem is also like, you know, even like, you know, still not even saying what the basic twist in Pony Island is. Mm. The basic twist is actually written on the Steam page these days, <laughs> but um, it still is a lot more interesting than that as you go through. Uh, what a creator. What a guy. Yes, you are, Paul. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, but now... <laughs> Sorry. This is Zed Games. I'm Paul. And join me, uh, Hazel and Toby. Hey, hey! Hey, hey! And we Ooh. are here now. Oh, yeah, it's spooky. Ooh. Yeah, yeah just... just ah. yeah. Here Another crash of thunder, thunder and lightning. Spooky. Oh. Uh, it is, of course, time to talk about uh, sort of a, a movement, a style that you may or may not have seen online. You may have seen um, a few games sort of doing demakes and everything. Uh, this is semi-related to that. This is a community of indie developers that have embraced the aesthetic of the PS1 era, which I, and I could step on some toes here, I will safely call the ugliest era of video games. <laughs> um, the PS1, especially partly because of a weird math problem on it, mm-hmm. sort of couldn't really render its textures like straight and everything mm-hmm. was a little bit wobbly. Oh, um, okay. it, it was an issue with converting a floating point number to. They just said like, "Oh, it's just an integer." When they put it on on screen, it's like, <laughs> "All right, that's Ooh. not how math works." But close enough, I guess. So Why it sort not? of gave it not just basic three D, mm-hmm. but a slightly warped three D. But the one great benefit I would say, and what this community agrees with, is that it also gave an aesthetic of creepiness. Mm-hmm. It was a time which launched a lot of uh, very famous horror series but also gave them an aesthetic where things were rendered so that they were a thing, but not rendered well enough that you could really resolve what that shape and image was, which lets your mind fill in a lot of gaps. Skew if. Extremely spooky. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, and that's... uh, uh, I lost Mm. my thought of train there for a second. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it makes everything strange and unusual oh, and yeah. spooky. It does. Uh, but also the great benefit uh, from an indie developer is that not only is it an aesthetic that can help, especially in horror, it's also one that's achievable with a small budget. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Because one thing they don't have to do is live by the hardware limitations of a PS1. Oh. Yeah, so you can be, and I'm not meaning this in a negative way, you can be lazier. You can just... <laughs> You can just make a basic model and not really care if, like, as long as it's low poly, not really having to count. Uh, like, I'm sure some people probably do try to do the spec of the PS1, but mm-hmm. most people are just taking it as, like, an aesthetic value. Uh, which brings us to Haunted PS1, uh, which has been running for about two years now, a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, I'm not sure who started it, but basically it, they created uh, the PS1, the Haunted PS1 demo disc. Uh, and that was a demo, a disc of lots of demos of these games that fit under this aesthetic value. Uh, they also launched their own version of E3 called Eek 3. And uh, just for a little bit of tone, I'm just going to start a little bit of the intro of that now. Welcome to the gaming show that you've been waiting so eagerly for a whole year. Eek 3 2021 is about to begin. Let's get spooky. Yes, let's get spooky. Uh, yes, it's hosted by a purple skeleton with a little ghost friend. Um, I think just called. Spooky. He's extremely charismatic. Spooks or something. Yeah, he is actually. Uh, and their presentations—they've done it two years in a row so far. I think each one runs for about an hour and a half, mm-hmm. 
and it's just trailers. Yep. Like every, every once in a while, they'll go like, "This is an Eek Three exclusive," <laughs> but that's as much banter as you get between the stuff. It's solid content of games because there's quite a lot of people making these sorts of things. Um, and for tonight, mm-hmm. we decided that we would look at this year's demo disc, which came out about a quarter into the year March. or so. Yeah. Um, thank you. We, we, I was right, and then you made it. I more read accurate. the press That's good work. <laughs> um, oh, I do. Love it. <laughs> I do love that. Uh, also, so you download the demo disc, and obviously it's not a disc, it's just a download, mm. but it still comes with like a booklet, a yep. PDF booklet that they make yep. up. They do all the accoutrement with yeah, it. You well, they give you all the suppliers to make it a demo disc if you yes, want. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's fun. Yeah. The whole thing's fun. Um, and so the launcher, mm. uh, we started up and they actually make a full 3D environment for you to explore and launch all these demos. And... Uh, Toby, you had it, fun with the launcher. Yeah, no, I, I like. I, look, I loved the idea of the launcher, and it really made me remember those things, like um, when people would burn like just discs and hand them to people mm. to play music and to kind of share their share their passions. Um, but this one being a three D environment, that slight, slight skew f and the textures that moved around on the screen in weird ways just yeah. <laughs> made me queasy. <laughs> Um, and I, I, w- I, I now, when I load it up, I just, I kind of hold my breath and run to a demo. Look, um, <laughs> yeah, not to spoil the illusion, but you can just open it up and launch all the game games individually from their individual launches. Well, that's like pulling it back. The fun. It does it, ruin the fun. Get also, rid of the theatrics the, of it. You miss the cute little lobby rooms that they make for each game. Some of those are really creative. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them I couldn't figure out how to how start, to start the, the game, game from. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because hey, you've got to go up to a specific item and then activate it. Yeah, that's that's just part of the charm. Yeah. I had one game in it where I like got halfway through. I'm like, well, I'm doing the thing that it obviously wants me to do, but it's not working. I guess I just quit now. Goodbye. But everything else was actually really high quality. Um, so mm. I sort of, oh, I've asked everyone to just sort of like play a game. Um, or two or whatever, but we'll be lucky if we have time for one. So, uh, Hazel, what do you um, what did you play, or what stood out to you? What stood out to me uh, was an outcry, which is, I guess you'd call it an RPG maker game. I don't know the actual engine. It certainly has that look to it. Yeah, it's got some really nice pixel art, some really impressive environmental stuff. It is a I guess I'd call it sort of a social horror game. It is. It deals with some heavy issues. and It deals with some really heavy stuff. It did one little thing at the start, which I love, because I understand the importance of trigger warnings, but I also am someone that likes that I like to be pushed. Yeah. Um, so I dislike them personally, because if, I wa- if I'm going to be confronted by something, I want to be confronted with it in its context. Um, but also, they're very important things. And this is the first time I've seen a game just, or any media, just start with the do you want to see the trigger warning? It's like, so if you know yeah. there's something that you need, it's yeah. like, yes, yes, just yes, yes. In my case, you go like, oh, why doesn't anyone else suffer this? And <laughs> it suddenly does require some trigger warnings. Oh, um, yes, yes. Do not let me discount that in my personal taste of it. There are a lot of issues this deals with. Um, the, the protagonist is called The Nameless. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not sure if I could can say they're called that but they're referred to as such at least um, they're non-binary and uh, the first person you talk to in the game if you just walk to the first door and knock on it immediately misgenders you Mm. which 
is an intense start to a game. Yes. <laughs> it um, but also I kind of enjoyed the beginning of it at least. Uh, you're basically just trying to bum some cigarettes. Yeah. But it gives you an excuse to go and talk to everyone. You spend like 10 minutes just trying to bum cigarettes from everyone in your apartment yeah. building. Because it also deals with that kind of addiction and, and issues with that. It actually uses the motif of cigarettes for a few different things in the game. Um, I think in the full version you use smoking to save. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lots of stuff. <laughs> anyway, we, 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 what, what was your major impression of it? Uh... For me, it was like yeah. very personal experience, but it definitely showed some promise as an actual is spooky horror yeah. game. Because is it something you'd be interested in exploring in a longer form thing? Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, I was like, oh no, the demo's over. There's no more. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a game that I've been interested in since I saw the first trailer last year, uh, which was um, called. Agony of a Dying MMO. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the style of it, and I actually sat down and played demo of it this time. Uh, and it, what it is... The concept <laughs> is that an MMO is shutting down. It's run for a long time, and it's on its last legs. And whilst these players are in it on its final night, and it counts down the time until the servers are finally shutting down, systems are shutting down, and things are getting a bit weird, and people are reflecting. Um, I'm just going to play a little clip from it here, because the thing is, it's not that interactive. It's mostly just like an experimental storytelling thing. I've been playing this game for 12 years now. It cost me my marriage. I don't even see my kids anymore because on weekends I'm in the game searching for Adam. We always suspected something like this would happen, but I don't think we were prepared for the reality of it. Yeah, so uh, basically it has you playing a number of different characters. It moves you from character to character, and your friends will be talking to you in a voice chat, but you also have public chat going on the corner. Um, And it does basically, if you're aware of 30 Flights of Loving, the Blender game, which sort of introduced, at the point, a very novel concept in gaming of editing. It's like, oh, we don't actually need to show everything in a game. You don't need to show everyone walking down every corridor. You can just cut to outside and everything. So it's quite harsh in its cuts. Um... I really, really like it, but I don't know if it gets too edgelord for me. Because <laughs> certainly, edgelords are a thing that MMOs sort of attracting. You, know, you get a lot of different people, and they're people that have like dedicated their lives and lost their outside life to this game that's now shutting down. You also get at some point when the game was starting to fail, they allowed Nazis as a playable faction. And so you've got those people in there, and at one point I'm playing one of them. Um, But then some of them are there for the lols, and some of them are there because they actually believe in something. And all these different factions and groups of trolls and people that are actually emotionally collected and everything are all taking the last time as this game shuts down before them, and they're all trying to solve the one thing that the game never had, that that no one ever found in the game that was supposed to be there. Um, So it's either going to be really effective and tense, or eventually super cringe, and I'll really, really feel like I shouldn't have done it. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds amazing as a person who's played a lot of MMOs that that made that really pulled my yeah. heartstrings and I'm like damn I wish I'd played that one it yeah, really yeah. really hey, gives good. you the experience of like being in 
a a dying or dead MMO and mm-hmm. like the just the the weirdos that you're both friends and enemies with. Yeah, the people get around and the fact that almost everyone's gone and these are just the people that are left. Mm. The ones that have some sort of connection or whatever to it. Yeah. Uh, whatever reason that may be, positive or negative. Um, Toby, was there anything that you jumped out at you? Look, as much as I loathe, lo- I'm, I'm not going to say loathe. As much as I just, <laughs> as much as I'm not a horror fan, um, I am a fan of glitch games. So, for spoiler alert, with the Pocky Pocky uh, Literature Club Club and those kind Doki of things, Doki Doki. Doki Doki. Thank you. I knew <laughs> I was going to get that wrong. Um, uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. Uh, there uh, were two games that I kind of enjoyed. One because it kind of reminded me of that and the other one because it reminded me of the game that I played with I keep, I keep thinking it's called Pineapple Rebellion but it's um, Juice Galaxy Juice Galaxy yeah um, <laughs> yes like I said um, one of them is called Pabe and that one really, really reminds me of Juice Galaxy because it's got that kind of kind of um, uh, surrealness to it yeah um, as well as everything's a bit floppy um, and the other one which was called Tori which is a platformer with a glitch mechanic in it which seems to be a glitch of death and you're in such yeah. a happy wonderful world <laughs> and, and that that one's been out for a while full yeah. version you can get it on Switch for $1.50 mm. or if you've got an American account a dollar which means it's slightly cheaper <laughs> after conversion so what I did today I played it a little bit it was yeah. alright yeah yeah it's fun with it. It's fun. It's not um, not an amazing platformer, but you know, it's simple. It's and, very mean, simple. It's, there's a reason it's a dollar. Yeah, you get and it it's room. playing a story. Cool. Um, okay, we're going to. So that's haunted PS One. Look it up. It's on itch. Um, and yeah, they'll certainly be continuing to release stuff. They've also got Twitter and everything where they link to a bunch the of other stuff. It's completely free. Yes, free. And it's fun. This is Zed Games. I am Paul, and joining me is Toby and Hazel. Hey, hey. <laughs> and yes, it is very close to the end now. So thank you for joining me tonight on this spooky episode. Ooh. I'm shivering in my boots. Yeah. Man, that's, should have brought more sound effects. But <laughs> <laughs> what does it matter? So, they're so good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's fun tonight. Uh, yes, we uh, covered uh, Metroid Dread inscription and a haunted ps1 demo disc which is a uh, good fun for everyone absolutely someone something for everyone in tonight's session i thought mm-hmm. yes fun for the whole family yeah. <laughs> um yeah so thank you for listening to zed games uh you can catch us on our socials you better with this toby what are, what's our what's our uh, ZED games au zed games au and oh, that, oh that's right you like to say zed so people ZED, right. yes good work okay <laughs> <laughs> Jumping right in there. Yes. Uh, Goodbye, everyone. So we'll catch you all later, folks. See you in the afterlife. Thanks for listening to Zed Games. If you'd like to listen to more, check out our podcast on Spotify. Or follow us on social media at ZedGamesAU. See you next time. time.